Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richards Cafe, TechSense Senior Residential Care Homes, ATD Painting, and Performance Food Group. Poor Richards Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richards Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. This podcast is also brought to you by TechSend Senior Residential Care Homes, senior care at its best with a family atmosphere. They specialize in making their facilities as close to a home living experience as possible. Not only that, there are no movement fees and there are no visitation restrictions. They are located near I-635 in Marsh Lane in Dallas, right near Carrollton. For more information, you can call 469-400-7650. That is TechSend Senior Residential Care Homes. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Taylor Raglan and Brian Murphy. And gentlemen, let's talk week nine of high school football season. As is tradition at this time of the week, let's do so by previewing our reader-voted game of the week, and then we'll touch on a few more of the uh, the marquee matchups in our coverage area on Friday night. First off, big thanks to everybody who voted in the poll on our website at starlocalmedia.com, um, especially to the folks out in the Frisco in Little Elm areas, because wouldn't you know it, man, we got a, uh, is it fair to call this one maybe kind of a playoff eliminator, so to speak, yeah, with three weeks left in the season? To say. A big game, yeah. some high stakes in this one on, uh, let's see, this is actually a Thursday game, 7 mm-hmm. p.m. at the Star out in Frisco between Frisco Independence and Little Elm. First time uh, for either of these programs on the game of the week, I believe. Oh yeah, Little Elm, you know, I'm not surprised Little Elm voted out in numbers, I'm not saying Independence didn't produce a bunch of voters this week, but you know, little Elm, they uh, you know those fans they, will they, turn out in droves. Oh yeah, I think once I retweeted your uh, your your game of the week tweet, you know the the poll that you tweet out every Monday or whatnot, then I they, think they saw that and they were like, all right, they came in mass and uh, hey, they did over, they yeah. held up their end of the bargain because uh, sure enough, yes, that has been voted as our game of the week. So let's dive into this matchup between two teams that are part of kind of the uh, the gray middle right now of five five A Division One, where there is um there's only one game separating second place. From from sixth, but um, you know, Little Elm and Independence—they are part of that three-way tie for fourth place with um, with Frisco Wakeland at uh, at two and two. So, um, I guess let's kind of go team by team. Let's start with um, let's start with Independence. Um, you know, Independence—a um, team that I think if if games were or teams were evaluated strictly on paper, then I, I mean, you'd look at Independence and think, man, this is like the second best team in the district. They are—they actually have you know through the uh, you know to date they have the district's second leading offense. Second leading defense. They um they actually rank in the area's top twenty-five among class five A teams in every offensive category. So total offense, passing, rushing, scoring offense, and then all but uh one defensive category, all but pass defense. So total defense, scoring defense, rushing defense. Frisco Independence is all over that. So nevertheless, Brian, what is um what has kind of been your read on Frisco Independence to this point is they've uh, they're now looking to kind of snap a bit of a bit of a slump. Well their first two district games were against 
Liberty and Heritage, yeah. two teams at the bottom of the barrel. Mm. We saw that with Lovejoy, how they were mm-hmm. playing, you know, some lesser teams at the beginning, and then they ran into a juggernaut in Reedy, and we saw what happened. Mm. That's kind of been the case for them. They played Lone Star, were shut down to just six points. Yeah, that's a really good offense that Independence has, mm. you know. But they were just fell victim to another uh, another Lone Star defensive onslaught, and you know they they lose a, a kind of a shocker to Wakeland. You know, I, most of us picked Wakeland to win, mm-hmm. but still, I you know I thought it'd be a little closer. So two of the top teams right there in the district, Lone Star and Wakeland. The test doesn't get any easier this week against Little Elm. Looking ahead next week, they play the Colony. So oh, these yeah. are some real big tests, but that's a really good offense led by a really good sophomore quarterback in Braylon Braxton, mm-hmm. first year as a starter on the varsity. You know, he's he's a smooth operator. That's what Coach Kyle Story told me after they beat Heritage when I spoke to him after the game. Those are his exact words, smooth operator, and that's what he does. He You know, he can do it through the air. Uh, he can do it on the ground. He's a big body. He's, you look at him, you know, up close, you're like, wow, this guy's at least 6'1", 6'2", broad shoulders, mm. and he's only a sophomore. So that's a, that's a really good offense led by a really good quarterback. And Logan Brungart at running back, yeah. we, we've talked about him so much on the podcast. He was, you know, a defensive stud his sophomore year uh, on that, that team with, with Dom Williams uh, that, that made the playoffs for the first time in school history, and then he transitioned a little bit to running back last year, and then he's really made the transition this year to running back rushed for over 700 yards so far he's he's their bell cow and he's a really really good football player on both sides of the football Logan Berngart the uh, the second leading rusher right now in that district with 759 yards on the season uh, Little M actually has the third leading rusher Jordan Hall with Jordan Hall is a monster yeah. and he's one of those guys that you know who's going to replace Corey Moses and Glenn Young they're Little M's two-headed uh, rushing attack from last year and Jordan Hall, he's filled in that void. They've also used Savion Washington a bit. They've mm-hmm. they've had you know carousel between some running backs, but Jordan Hall has really been that guy, and that you know he's been getting you know upwards of you know averaging around twenty carries a game as well. Obviously, though, the big story for Little on though in recent weeks has been the developments at a, a quarterback. Um, they, uh, a very a, a bold move, I should say. I mean, cons- it's a bold move, Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it has it has, it has Cotton. Yeah. Um, I mean, they uh, they decided to turn the reins over to freshman uh, John Matier within these last uh, these last couple. Weeks and the result has been, um, you know, a uh, what have they? Two games, two, two yeah, wins, two games, two so, wins. And I'm um, just looking at his at his numbers since then. Um, you know, 15 of 22, 412 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. That one interception is probably the key, the key stat of all yeah. um, when you kind of look at uh, just Little Elm's passing game prior. Um, you know, prior to making that move at quarterback, collectively Little Elm was uh, just 51 of 112 passing the ball for 718 yards, two touchdowns, but 12 interceptions. Yeah, the turnover bug was was biting them all season long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they had, you know, a, a quarterback that wasn't turning the ball over or, or protecting the ball a little bit better, I think they could have been winning some more of these mm-hmm. games. I think they could have beaten Northwest uh, to start the year. I think, you know, take away some of those turnovers. Maybe they beat... Lone Star, maybe they produce a little. That was more. a ten-seven game. I was going to so say it's not, it was yeah. A, yeah. a field goal difference. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. you know, here and there, and so I'm not saying John Matier would have led them to a win over Lone Star, but who knows? If I'm going to say it, if Logan Kohler was the quarterback, I think they beat Lone Star. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Uh, you know, against Centennial, that's when they realized you know something had to be done, a move had to be made. Uh, offense was struggling, and it's. It's really excelled the last two weeks. You can look at it and be like, well, one of them was against Liberty. And, you know, a lot of people are beating up on Liberty, but they did it to Wakeland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They beat Wakeland. They put up 28 points yeah. against Wakeland. Something Independence couldn't even do. And Independence has one of the top offenses in the in the district right up there, right behind the colony. Mm-hmm. So John Matier, we'll see Thursday night if, he, if he's the real deal. He'll be under the bright lights at the star. Little has not played at the star cool. ever. Interesting. And I, I found that out last night, and I was like, they not play at the star, but that makes sense because when they were in the Frisco district before, 
the star wasn't wasn't a thing. So now they're back, back with Frisco ISD, and let's see if the bright lights will will affect them at all. Because truthfully, like the bar for the Little Elm offense shouldn't be like I think if they if they're able to get past a certain threshold, then they're just it should be smooth sailing because their defense is mm. very impressive. You can make the case that this is the best defense not named Lone Star mm. in this district. Their defense is so good. Uh, Draylon Rose and Tyrese Poe, Brandon Crossley, who I haven't even mentioned, who is Little Elm's best player, most dynamic player. Yeah. Uh, an SMU commit. He's you know a defensive back. He'll he'll get you an interception. He'll take a punt to the house, and he'll catch a 50-yard touchdown all in the same game. He they use him for everything. Uh, if Miles Price wasn't in this district, I think Brandon Crossley would be that you know that most dynamic player. Mm-hmm. I think Miles Price is is just that good. But Crossley is right there with him. You know he's that type of. Uh, explosive talent, um, you know, so dynamic. You have to account for him in all three phases. Uh, but yeah, he leads that defense. He's the heartbeat of the team. He's a leader of the team. Uh, and you know, the defense is is really stout. They're um, in their four district games. They're allowing just thirteen points per game, and that includes games against you know your two, you know, the two second place teams, a uh, little uh, Lone Star and, uh, and Centennial. So yeah, I mean, Little Elm's defense. Like I said, it's you know, it was just the turnovers. If you just protect the football, I yeah. mean, it doesn't. You don't have to do a ton. They don't have to go out there and just light up the scoreboard to give them a chance. It just because I mean, that defense has just been offering. I mean, no quarter whatsoever for any of these teams in that district. So and just they love. They lost their first district games by a total of 10 points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just imagine if they could have squeaked it out against Centennial and then somehow squeaked it out against mm-hmm. Lone Star, which I was at that game, and it was it, they could have won. I mean, granted, Little Elm had lots of struggles moving the ball against Lone Star, but they had a chance at the end. They just they just couldn't move the chains when they needed to. They could be 4-0 right now. Yeah. If you look at it, and this would be a totally different outlook on the season, mm-hmm. and then that game in two weeks against the Colony would be really juicy. <laughs> <laughs> One thing uh, that I noticed, um, it seems like since making the move at quarterback that uh, Little Elm's offense has also become a bit slower paced. Um, you know, I was looking at uh, just snap counts, you know, and there are those games against Centennial and against Lone Star. 61 versus Centennial, 63 versus Lone Star. That's now been dialed down to they just snap the ball just 52 times against Wakeland, 46 against Liberty. I don't know if that's just a coincidence, but you're, if it has to do with something that maybe tailors a bit better towards material skill set, but they've definitely, the pace has dropped for them. The game against Lone Star, the game plan was to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, keep Lone Star's offense off the field, and just see if, you know, they can wear out their defense. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they it worked for the most part. So, that stat could be a little skewed for a game okay. like Lone Star, because they were really, really just trying to run as many plays as possible, and, and really dominate the time of possession. But yeah, maybe that could be uh, you know something that John Mateer has has switched up a bit for that offense. Could you compare that to a team like Independence, where their lowest snap count in district so far has been 63 snaps? I mean, this is a team that's far more fast paced. They went as high as 72 snaps in their game against Wakeland, so they can definitely. It's definitely to a kind of contrasting schools of thought in terms of uh, in terms of tempo. Mm-hmm. Who um who do you think needs this win more? They're stuck right now, and it's they're mm-hmm. two to I mean two and two. You know, they both um you know three games left on the schedule for um you know for both teams, but when you look at um, kind of what they have left, where do you think this one, who needs this one more on Thursday? Independence? Just no, the I, slight edge because of their strength of schedule down the stretch. You yeah. know, the final two games against the Colony, against Centennial, a Centennial team that has proven to be, you know, a playoff contender once again uh, after making the playoffs last year, but you know, little and they still have to play the uh, still have to play Heritage, uh, and that's a winnable game there. So if they can beat Independence and then beat Heritage, they're in the driver's seat at four and two against the Colony. They can afford to lose to the Colony. Mm-hmm. I think Independence needs this game because those their last two games are not 
not give me games at all. And I would also throw in an addendum that when you look at their uh, their tied right now, it's those two and Wakeland. Well, they both already played Wakeland. Little on B Wakeland. Independence did not. So I think if you're um, if you're just looking to potentially be on the right side of tiebreakers, should those be invoked at some point in the season, then um, you got to get you know you got to start picking up some ground then with um, what you lost. Should you wind up tied with yeah. Wakeland? So but I do think it is on the onus is on Independence to come through a bit more than Little Elm. Plus, like we mentioned, that closing schedule, the Colony and Centennial, Little Elm still has Heritage left. That should be theoretically a win. So I think On there's... Paper, you yeah, think. You think. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a little bit more margin for error for Little Elm than there is for Independence right now. But it's safe to say that the remaining three games for both teams are playoff games. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, you can't... Yeah. You know, you can't let up and, you know, the playoffs are starting in mid-October mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of these teams in, in this, uh, this really tough 5-5-8 district. What's your pick? I'm going Little Elm. Sticking with the Lobos. Mm-hmm. Any specific reason I why? I haven't thought about a score yet. Usually I have my score prepared. I, I You know what? I, nothing will surprise me in this game. But I'm top of my head, I'm going to go 34-24. to 34-24. Wow. I think Little Elm. So Independence has I, some success relative yeah, to most opponents I, against I, the I think Little Elm is going to get some points on the board this game. Okay. How about you, Taylor? Where would you lean on this one? I went with uh, Little Elm as well. I, I like the way they handled Wakeland, um, yeah. especially compared to the yeah. way that it seemed like Independence had really no answer. Um, and then I, I like their showing against Lone Star uh, better than, you know, it's a little concerning. You know, Lone Star, we, we've talked about the struggles on the offensive side of the ball for them. You know, and Independence gives up 20 plus, 27, I think, something like that. That so, is concerning, yeah. So it's it's a little concerning. I know Lone Star. 27 is, doesn't sound like much, but that's a lot that's for Lone Star. That's a lot yeah. for a, for a, a really <laughs> poor I've Lone Star offense. Play a lot. Yeah. And yeah. I'm used to them scoring once a game. They didn't yeah. score an offensive touchdown against Little Elm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm used to their offense you mm-hmm. know, struggling yeah. to get the ball. So, so I, I think just with those factors, I mean, like you said, in this district, you never know. But I, I just like the showings that, that Little Elm's had so far. And I think that, you know, this, this offense is moving in the right direction, as you guys kind of alluded mm-hmm. to. So I think that continues. So. Yeah, kind of in the same line there. They've seemed to have ironed out the uh, the turnover bugaboo that was plaguing them earlier on in the season. Plus, I mean, you look at just again like common opponents and how they fared against Lone Star, Wakeland, respectively. Um, yeah, I like Little Elm to get the W and further its uh, its playoff pursuit. And the picket line for the most part was in agreement. This was a five to one margin. Uh, five of us taking Little Elm. Justin Thomas, the descending vote. He likes to be the, the lone, lone wolf, wolf, man. Yep, he is siding the lone wolf it. against the Lobos. Interesting. Hmm. There you go. So yeah, that is a that is a look at our uh, at our game of the week. But hey, that's just our perspective. Let's get one of the uh, let's see what one of the uh, one of the standout players in Thursday's matchup thinks about this one. Uh, Brian had a chance to swing by Little Elm to talk with uh, offensive lineman Elias DeLeon about Thursday's big game against Independence, and we will see what Elias had to say after a word from the sponsor. Let's take a quick break to talk about ATD painting. Whether it's painting, staining, carpentry, residential, commercial, interior, or exterior, ATD painting has you covered. They have four locations in the Metroplex, including Plano and Louisville. You can call 972-694-8888 for more information, or you can visit their website at atdpainting.com. That is ATD painting. Check it out to see just how affordable professional painting can be. And now, let's get back to the podcast. Podcast. All right, I'm with Elias De Leon, offensive lineman here at Little Elm, and Elias, you'll have a, a pretty big game here tomorrow night at the, at the Ford Center at the Star uh, against Independence. that won our game of the week uh, at Star Local Media. How how pumped up are y'all uh, at Little Elm for this game? I think we're very excited just to go out there and play against uh, a good team this week. 
and go compete against another another team in the district, you know. Now, y'all had a, a rough start to begin the year. That, that's no surprise there, but y'all really turned it around uh, these last few weeks, including a big win over Wakeland. What, what has been working? What's kind of been the recipe to that success as of well, late? I think we've been more focused, more locked in. I think we have more urgency now that we're kind of uh, our backs against the wall. we got to win every game now. We take it as a playoff game every week. we got to be 1-0 every week. Now, I know you're a key, key component of the offense, but I want to ask you a question about the defense uh, quickly here. Uh, this defense has been lights out, you know, been really limiting opponents, holding Wakeland to just 16 points and uh, holding Lone Star in check for most of the game when y'all played them. What has been making this defense so good? I think they're very together as a unit. They always go out to eat together. They always hang out together. They're always together as a unit. So I think they all have a brotherhood that nobody else has in the district. Now, uh, one of the another key factors of the, you know, the winning streak as of late, y'all made a change at quarterback with John Mateer. Talk to me about, about what he brings to the table and what it's like having you know a freshman step in at quarterback. Um, I think he's a great addition to our team because we were lacking a little bit of throwing power at the beginning of the season, and then we got to turn it around with him in the backfield. He's made plays happen from nothing, so I think he's a great playmaker. He can run the ball. He can do anything we need to ask him to, and he's mature enough for a freshman to step in and play great. Now, one of the leaders on this team, you know, one of the heartbeats of this team uh, is Brandon Crossley. You know, Independence is going to really have to look out for him uh, if they want to slow y'all down. How dynamic is he? What what does he bring to the table for y'all? I think he's one of the best players in the state, actually. He's he can do anything offense defense special teams they gotta always watch out for where he's at so he takes some pressure off the other guys and that that makes our team way better than now, it is now tell me a little bit about your journey uh so far here at little M. you're a four-year starter and you were starter on that team uh, little M that went zero and ten the last time y'all were in the frisco district how have you seen the growth of this program over the last three four years well i think everybody's been more locked in and i think uh the coaching staff has helped us a lot from our freshman year coaching us up and that we have to be better than the class before and I think the every class after that has always want, wanted to win more than the last class and, that, and I want that tradition to go on for the next classes to always want to go win more games. Now I, y'all have had a chance to scout Independence by now with the game tomorrow what what do they do well what are what are y'all gonna have to do well if y'all want to uh, beat Independence and stay in the playoff hunt? Well, we got to be aggressive just like they are their, their defense comes and we gotta receive. We can't receive the blow. We gotta go give them the blow, and we gotta take them on with everything we got. Thanks again to Elias DeLeon of Little Elm for taking the time to chat with Brian for our student athlete spotlight, previewing our game of the week, Frisco Independence versus Little Elm, Thursday, seven o'clock at the Star. Um, we got a few more big games on the docket for Friday. We're gonna dig into those for a quick moment, quick hit some of those uh, big games on our coverage docket including a fascinating matchup for, uh, I guess you can call it second place bragging rights in District 75A Division 2. Most, Most likely. likely. Not, it's not deterministic by any stretch, uh, but it's... But don't it's, sleep on first. That's what I mean. Like It's not deterministic, but but it's it, it might go a long way toward toward getting that yeah, out. So I'm out on battle. Frisco after they got pummeled by Denison last week. So the matchup, uh, Lovejoy versus uh, versus Lake Dallas, uh, 7 o'clock Friday out at Leopard Stadium. Lovejoy's homecoming. Homecoming. Uh, homecoming. They get a big it's one. a very interesting homecoming uh, game oh, on yeah. the schedule. You know, you, you see a lot of teams schedule uh, 
you know, let's say less challenging yeah. games for their homecoming game, but Lovejoy not not shying away. No, no, no. There should be a challenging one. This is a, um, a matchup between Lovejoy, second place in the district right now at, at four and one, one game up on a bit of a log jam, but uh, Lake Dallas is part of said log jam at three yep. and two. Um, this is a chance for uh, for Lovejoy to get um, a signature performance, a signature yep. win under their belt, something that has kind of been missing from this season, despite an impressive win loss record. Mm-hmm. Um, like Brian alluded to earlier, you know they got you know they got the games against the. Uh, you know the the Frisco Memorials and Lebanon Trail Trailblazers out of the way, and now um, now they get to enter the real the, the meat of their schedule, the, yep. the, the the prove it to me stage. They literally yeah. have everyone left that's yep. in contention. So so they get yeah, it's Lake Dallas, it's Denison, it's Frisco. It's it gets no easier from here on out. But nevertheless, Taylor, um, just give me a pick for this one, and what are you most intrigued about in this matchup? Man, I went really back and forth on this one. Um, I, I ended up going with Lake Dallas. I'll, I'll give my pick off the top um, because I, I'm not ready to give Lovejoy the benefit of the doubt just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that performance against Reedy was a rough one uh, and, and kind of the kind of performance that can really kind of stick in the team's head a little bit, whether they want to admit it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, they've obviously taken care of business against everybody else. Their offense has moved the ball against everybody else. Um but I think that you know Lake Dallas, just a little bit more battle tested, uh, has been in some some tighter games. Yep. Uh, has been forced to you know the the win over Denison, fifty two thirty five was a good one um, and an important one. Um, I mean they had the bad loss to Frisco as well, so you never know. But but crazy things happen when teams play the wing tee. But um, it's 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 an interesting one because I it wouldn't surprise me to see Lovejoy and and how veteran they are. Um, finally show up and and you know take a big one at home uh but i think ryan depperschmidt if if you get in a shootout with him um i think he has the edge and and you know maybe the spread's a touchdown or so 10 points but i gave it to lake dallas just on um being a little bit more tested coming into the matchup than lovejoy's been that's fair. I um I, I just can't get that performance against Frisco out of my head. Yeah, either. I mean and that's that's what I mean. It's because like, it's, it's, it's not, like I'm gonna just throw aside the challenges of playing the wing tee. It was the Frisco defense that yeah. really impressed me more. Six points. Most of yeah, I know. Yep. If you're, I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm sure these coaches have access to film for whatever games they want, and whatnot. But if you're just looking up, you know, up and down the Lovejoy, not the Lovejoy, but the Lake Dallas schedule, and you just see all the gaudy point totals they put up in six. Yep. What, what happened? And then you just you see the. I mean, it's what now two weeks have passed since that game, and now this will kind of be a chance to see. I don't know if you know if Lovejoy is going to try to take a page out of the Frisco playbook and play kind of the uh, the more conservative coverage yeah. that uh, you know that kind of befuddled Lake Dallas's offense. But um, nevertheless, um, I don't know. That just that's still so fresh in my head as far as I mean. I just like you, you kind of cast aside how they both played against Reedy because yep. Reedy's Reedy, yeah. um, and that's just I don't know. I feel like that is a uh, a more. Uh, a more set in stone template for how to handle the Lake Dallas offense than anything that anyone has shown outside of Reedy yeah. um, as far as being able to slow Lovejoy. So I went with Lovejoy in this one, and I know that you and I have kind of gone back and forth Man, on this was, one all season, it, and we actually wind up probably on different ends of this one than yeah. you might have anticipated. Yeah, and it, it's it's literally one of those mm. where it wouldn't shock me either way. No, it yeah. wouldn't shock me to see Lovejoy come out and win by 20. It would not shock me at all just because I think that Lovejoy is a good football team. I think that offense is very mature. I don't think that, you know, the homecoming atmosphere and, and how big this game is will phase them mm-hmm. at all. So it wouldn't shock me to see Lovejoy win by 20. wouldn't shock me to see it be a three-point game. wouldn't shock me to see like Dallas win by 20. It just It's one of those where, man, your guess is as good as mine. The only thing that would shock me is if like Dallas won big. If they beat the brakes out of Lovejoy, that Ryan Deppersmith can sometimes just have like six touchdowns, and there's not a lot and you can, can do about it. can sometimes have no touchdowns. True, it, which yeah. Which is weird. I, I don't know what's going on with them as of late, but... 
it's hey, it's gonna be an interesting one. I'll be at that one, which mm. I'm I'm very. Very excited to see how that one plays out, for sure. The uh, the picket line, strongly in favor of Lovejoy in this one, despite the yeah, uh, closely knit match on paper. This was a 5-1 to one margin in favor of Lovejoy in the picket line. So, yeah, we shall, uh, okay. we shall see. Yeah, lone Wolf. Um, let's see. Let's shift gears to a couple uh, pivotal matchups in District 66A, including the Mound Showdown, the latest installment of the Flower Mound uh, Marcus Rivalry. This one going down Friday, 7 o'clock, out at Marauder Stadium at Marcus High School. The 19th installment of of the rivalry between these two teams, um, Flower Mound, man, one of the uh, one of these surprise teams in the uh, in the Metroplex, all alone undefeated, the top district six six A, something none of us saw coming nope. at the start of the year. Um, you know, Marcus very much in that uh, in that mix, but very much kind of playing for its playoff lives in a sense down the stretch. They're two and two. You know, Flower Mound's got a little bit of a, a little bit more cushion right now, but Flower Mound is a very challenging close to the uh, yep. to the uh, to the season. This is the kind of the story with this district has been just how up and down and back and forth and how unpredictable the results have been, how many games have been decided by a touchdown or less. Um, and this rivalry typifies that all too well. I believe uh, five of the last eight matchups between these two teams have been decided by seven points or less. I believe they're seven and seven over their last 14. Sounds uh, about so, right. Some of these games have gone to overtime. Some have had walk-off field goals. I mean, this is a... Uh, it definitely is a, uh, a rivalry in the truest sense as far as where um, you know we're kind of leaning on this one. I I don't know if it's just buying into the Kool-Aid of, of the the Flyerman Mojo right now because it's not a like even though they're four and zero I don't like I don't think it's like a you know they're far and away the best team in that district or anything I mean they squeaked one out against uh, against Heber and they had to make a fairly impressive rally in the second half to get past Louisville so um, they're not you know invincible by any stretch I think that this one though they have um, just a few more ways to to victory you know, yeah for all the uh, all the uh, a claim that Blake Short in the passing game gets. Uh, Pierce Hudgens has actually been one of the Metroplex's best running backs mm-hmm. this season. Um, you know, and versus a, a, a Marcus offense that's you know perhaps a little bit too reliant on Justin Dink in the run game, really needs that to work in their favor to be able to dictate things. I think Flyermont just got a few more ways to a uh, victory in this one. Yeah, I took uh, Flower Mound as well. I, I've liked the results as of late. Um, I think Hebron, you mentioned Flower Mound not necessarily you know, being the consensus best team in the district. I think Hebron has a pretty strong claim to I think they played everybody pretty close and, and have really shown well, so that victory means a lot mm-hmm. um, in my mind. Um, and then you look at, you know, Marcus has, has dropped one to Hebron, um, dropped a close one to Coppell, played a weird tight one with Nimitz, who Flower Mound went out and beat 53-8. Yeah. to eight. Like That game that makes looks, less and less sense by the week. That game looks very strange in retrospect. So yeah. I, I think there's just more stability maybe at Flower Mound, and, and confidence can go a long way. But as you said, who knows in this one. So Yeah, I picked Flower Mound because, like you said, I've been drinking the Kool-Aid, seeing their previous results. They look impressive. Mm-hmm. But talking to Justin last week, they should yeah. have lost to Hebron. Uh, he showed me the final play uh, that Trajan Bridges dropped in the end zone. It's like he had the worst, best game ever. <laughs> so it's like, but still, they still took Hebron to the limit. I think Hebron, obviously, we all th- know Hebron's a really good football team. So, but yeah, I, once again, I'm just, I'm all, I'm drinking all of the Flower Mountain Kool Aid right now until they prove me wrong. So is the majority of the picket line, four to two in favor of the Jaguars. Uh, the three of us plus Devin Hassan taking Flower Mound, Justin and Kendrick Johnson picking that Marcus. That concerns me though because Justin knows these teams yeah. better than we do. And, and it's, I mean, it's another, it's like Lovejoy Lake Dallas. I wouldn't be shocked to see yeah, it go either same, way. Yeah. You just don't know. Yep. So. Uh, we mentioned, we just mentioned Hebron, so let's dive into uh, another big game on the 6 docket for the, uh, for the Hawks this week. They host. 
Irving MacArthur, 7 o'clock, out at the Woodshed, Hawk Stadium. Uh, two teams that are part of the uh, the logjam right now at 2-2 two and two in 6-6A. Um, both teams that have had their share of hardships in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, we just talked about, you know, Hebron falling short against Flower Mound in a game where they had a fourth quarter lead, lost 38-35. to 35. Um, They had a chance to tie Capel late in that game, had an extra point blocked. Um, they've had two, their two district losses have been by a combined four points. And then mm-hmm. you look at, um, you know, opposite that with MacArthur, a team that had fourth quarter leads on Capel and Louisville lost both of those games as well. So uh, something's got to give. Maybe they'll just bypass the fourth quarter and just go into overtime and whatnot. <laughs> but um, nevertheless, um, I I don't know. I just Maybe it's just the stigma against Irving ISD, but I'm just yeah. not ready to pick, you know, MacArthur to get a win, the, the magnitude of Hebron. Because like you said, Brian, I mean, I think Hebron is, despite the, you know, the close calls and the shortcomings in the fourth quarter, that is still a, a, a very, very talented football team with a lot of different uh, ways to beat you on both sides of the ball. And MacArthur hasn't looked too good against subpar teams like Garland and, and McKinney. And that was early in the year, though, so yeah. Well, their two wins are over the other yeah. Irving schools, too, which, yeah. I mean, not Irving ISD has certainly They're hands improved. down the best team out of Irving ISD, yeah. for they've been, sure. They've improved, and, and I think that there's... They put there's, themselves in position to take one of those to get that signature win against a Louisville ISD team, but just haven't quite got over that hump no. yet, and I just don't know if it's... I, I it's just, not happening this yeah, way. Yeah, I just I, haven't seen I enough think to... Hebron, I think Hebron's going to take this opportunity to... Uh, you mentioned how close their losses have been. Mm-hmm. I see this one being a a, uh, an opportunity for the Hawks to take out a little bit of frustration. And I think MacArthur is going to run into a little bit of a buzzsaw just because Hebron really needs to <laughs> just kind of they need a win, certainly, just to continue to, to kind of establish a hold on one of the playoff spots. Mm-hmm. But I think this is just one of those weeks where um, MacArthur is, is going to be on the receiving end of something it, it didn't necessarily sign up for. But who knows? But I, I took Hebron as well. Let's round this out with a look at the uh, well, yes, the the private school regular season game of the year at the TAPS Division II level. Yeah. Very, we'll make the case. Uh, Trinity Christian Cedar Hill visiting Dallas Christian. This one kicks off at 7 o'clock Friday at a Charger Stadium. A um, Two teams that have made short work of their respective schedules up to this point. They're both 7 and 0, 2 and 0 in district play and I mean these two saw each other twice last year, once in the regular season as part of district play and then again in the state semifinals Trinity Christian Cedar Hill got the better of those two matchups. They enter this, I believe, as I'm sure they are the top-ranked private school in, uh, in TAPS Division II. Heck, you can make a case they're the best private school in all of TAPS. I, it's, it's a shame we don't get to see them in Prestonwood Christian because I think that'd be a heck of a matchup on the just so much talent for that Cedar Hill team. Now, are you putting this game above Prestonwood and, and St. Pius? As far as... you said this is the, the private school. Division II. Division two disclaimer. Not, yeah. Okay. PCA right. and uh, Saint Pius was division was the was the regular season okay. division one game of the year, um, and yeah, that's uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, heck, if this turns out to be as good a game as those PCA Saint Pius games were, then fair play. But um, nevertheless, I think it's so far at least these look like the two best teams at the Taps Division two level. Um, ultimately, though, I just I don't know, man. I, it's just tough to go against Trinity Christian Cedar Hill with just the I mean, that is again the the top shelf talent there. I think is just a bit higher than Dallas Christian. I mean, I think TC. Cedar Hill can hang with not only uh, you know not only pretty much any you know private school team in the state. And they've already taken care of you know teams like Bishop Lynch, one of the better yep. teams in Taps Division One. Um, you know All Saints is down a little bit this year, but nevertheless, I mean, there's enough on their resume to where I mean, it's you just have a tough time picking against them in any game. Yeah, and you didn't mention the one um, one of the ones that stands out to me. I think Melissa's 
pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and they, they took down Melissa. Yeah. Uh, that's certainly nothing to, uh, to, to shake your head at there. Um, and and I, I, I'm a little concerned with Dallas Christian's performance. They got the win over Trinity Christian Addison, but 20 to 10, maybe mm-hmm. a little closer than it should have been for a team that lost to John Paul. Um, so it's it's like you said, it could go either way. It's going to be a good one, but but I took uh, Cedar Hill. Although I believe Dallas Christian did just whoop up on John yeah. earlier in its schedule. They did. That's that's <laughs> yeah. kind of that's that's what's so weird about it. Like they beat John Paul, I think, like thirty-seven to seven, and then had a little bit more trouble with Trinity Christian Addison, and then John Paul goes out and mm-hmm. beats Trinity Christian Addison. So who knows? I mean, that's the trouble of picking on past results. But I do like. Um, uh, Cedar Hill a little bit more. Will the uh, will the Dallas Christian offense have a bit more firepower in the tank after um, last year's, last season's games? These scores were uh, when they met in the regular season. It was twenty seven to fourteen in favor of TC, and then in the uh, state semifinals, twenty seven to nothing. So, um, you know, Cedar Hill's defense definitely has a a bit of a read on how to on how to play Dallas Christian. And I think from all I've heard is that defense has only gotten better. And you can see pulled up right now. Shador Sanders is you know I mean he's is you know dominant a dual threat quarterback as you'll find in taps and who's it's, that that is Deion sanders boy yeah man I, he's already he's in his high school yeah. holy cow i remember when he was like tiny tiny so yeah it seems like we're all in line and that uh you know despite the uh the uh, how similar on paper the uh the layout might look for this one that we all see tc cedar hill continuing to the lord over dallas christian and the pick line agrees this was a 6-0 sweep in favor of the uh, the top ranked team in taps division two and hey that'll do it let's um let's quickly go over our coverage plans for this week actually you just mentioned yep you i will be out at uh leopard stadium for lovejoy and lake dallas you can follow me on twitter it's just my name taylor ragland so how you, Brian? Thursday night, I'll be at the Star, little um, Independence, of course. And then Friday, I'm going to go up north to Anna. Never been there before. Well, except driving through. Mm-hmm. Never stopped in Anna before. Check out Salina against Anna. Must-win game. I'm calling it for both teams. Mm-hmm. I will be out at Clark Stadium in Plano for a matchup uh, to try to sort out that 9-6-A log jam. Plano Senior hosting Jesuit. Um, and, hey, for all... Um, and for those games, we'll be out tweeting up a storm. You can follow me along on Twitter at mwelchslm. How about you, Taylor? Taylor Raglan, just my name. And at Brian Murphy underscore. Afterwards, and you can check out um, everything from our game stories to a rapid reaction podcast to video highlights. All that good stuff will be available at starlocalmedia.com. And that'll do it for this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Folks, you enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to you all later. Thanks for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, brought to you by Performance Food Group. Performance Food Group delivers more than 150,000 food and related products to customers all across the country. If you want to get in on that process, PFG just might have a spot for you. Their McKinney office is currently hiring. Job openings include Class A CDL drivers and warehouse order selectors, as well as many other entry and part-time positions. An ideal choice for college students or people just wanting to find new careers in general. Uh, for more information, you can visit their website at pfgc.com careers for more job openings. If you prefer to contact them by phone, you can call at 214-491-3130 for more details. Once again, that is Performance Food Group located in McKinney at 500 Metro Park Drive. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. 
Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.